Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. and welcome to Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm your host, Lou Ann Anderson, here today with my good buddy, Lynn Woolley, host of Cardinal and Woolley, heard 7 to 9 a.m. weekdays on Talk Radio 1370 a.m. in Austin. And we are joined today by, with Jason Wolf. Jason is a candidate, an at-large candidate for the Belton Independent School District, the school board. And so, anyway, with it, let's get right into it. Jason, glad to have you here. I believe this is your first time run for any kind of office. And certainly, school boards these days are a timely and trendy place to start. And we are, I think most people would agree that it's time to get kind of some new, um, kind of use one of your phrases, new voice, new perspective in on some of these school boards. So why don't we just start with, um, give us just a little bit of your background, what you've been doing professionally, and um, your background here in the area, that type thing. Well, first off, thank you both so much for for having me. Uh, You know, I have lived in Belton for the last uh, probably 20 years. I had three kids. Uh, two, all three of them are, are in, or either have just graduated uh, from Belton. Uh, I've got my oldest son that uh, is playing baseball over at UMHB, and then I've got a son that's a junior, and then my daughter is in seventh grade. All very active, very active in school. Uh, my wife is a. You know, I was telling you this earlier. My wife is what we call a stay-at-home uh, nurse. She's a NICU nurse over at the local hospital here, and uh, she works PRN, so she stays home more than she nurses. Uh, but we love her, and she takes care of the house and, and that kind of stuff. So I uh, grew up in a little small town in, in northeast Texas, Paris, Texas, and uh, very traditional values and uh, uh, public education all the way through. Uh, when I graduated high school, I went to uh, further my education at Baylor University. So I got a degree in, in business and, and marketing from uh, Baylor. Uh, graduated and uh, went into um some some different ventures i uh, started uh, actually in a family business selling golf carts uh, to golf courses and and uh, golf, uh, golf individuals and then uh, in in late uh, 2000s i had the opportunity to get into uh, banking so i am currently a bank uh, a bank sales manager uh, and so uh, for a local bank here in town and that's what i do uh, professionally and and of course uh, very active with all the kids in the schools. Uh, with with uh, all three of my kids are very uh, very into sports, and 
my oldest uh, was sports and, and band. And, and so anyway, so we're very active parents. And so uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of me. OK. It seems like to me that uh, school board trustees used to be laid back behind the scenes. School people got involved in it. You know, a few people go out and elect a school board member. And now, especially since Loudoun County and a few other things like that, they're a little bit more high profile. So uh, what do you make of the situation with your average school board right now, which is putting in CRT and having drag queens come out and, and entertain the kids, uh, as opposed to maybe where you would take uh, the school district if you were elected? So so thanks for that question. It, school board... Right now is the is the hot the hot body of you know we, we call a school board a nonpartisan uh, board but we all know partisan uh, seeps into it uh, and so right now the the way that I see uh, the school boards uh, trending and it was one of the biggest reasons I decided to get in is there there's so much heat right I mean there's so much heat from the community there's so much heat from uh, you know the the you know, political views from whoever it is, right? And so when when I decided I wanted to get into this, I wanted one of the main goals is just to try to do everything I can to relieve some of that heat and some of that tension and still hold true to my some of my conservative values. Uh, you know, taking some of the nonsense stuff that's being in that's uh, integrated into the school now, let's get the nonsense stuff out of the schools, right? Let's get back to educating our kids. And I would say from what you were describing of, of your family, you have a pretty good age range of your children with, you know, here you've got, you know, sons that are into college and then you've got a, a seventh grader. During that time, which I guess would span what, you know, maybe not 10 years, but close to it of having kids in school, are there finite differences that you can say between the not nece- not necessarily just the education but the attitude and the 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 attitude and just the the approach that school boards and school districts seem to be taking to education and to curriculum can have you seen changes during that time so yeah i mean you you always see changes and and change is good in a lot of cases right but I can tell you from the difference between my oldest son um, and, and my you know, and my daughter, right? Uh, the the way the uh, teaching has has gone, the stuff that we get to see now as parents that get brought home uh, from the school. Sometimes it's in the in the teaching material or the you know different activities that are going on in the school, right? Uh, we didn't really see a whole lot of that. We started seeing it towards the end of my, my oldest son's uh, career in, in high school and, and stuff. But we're really seeing it a lot with my seventh grader. And, and that's the part that's kind of disturbing is if we're already seeing it so much more than we used to see it with him. A bit more of like advocacy regarding issues. Yeah. I mean, you could, you or, could say that, you know, there's, there's d- certain, certain topics that uh, get discussed in school that we would probably as parents rather be the ones to discuss those topics versus having a teacher bring it up and, and sharing her opinion on the topic to my daughter or even my junior in, in school. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of those topics need to be discussed at home and not discussed in the schools. And so we didn't really see that a lot then. 
Well, I'm assuming you're talking about some of the hot button issues. Uh, do you think in schools should we teach that America was conceived in slavery? And should we teach that America is an exceptional country or not an exceptional country? Should we teach that there's two kinds of people in America, the oppressed and the oppressors? Because that's what it seems to have come to. Are we seeing this in this race? Is this going to be an issue in the race that you're running? So it, so that, it's a great question. Um, and so what my viewpoint on it is, is we have to ensure that each student learns civics, right? We need to the, we need to bring patriotism back into the school a lot more. So that's one of the one of the topics you just discussed. So I, I see us trending a little bit more away from basic teaching civics. Um, the other the other topics uh, that you're talking about of of um, what was. Uh, well, well, yeah, just the general things that are kind of roiling the country right now, critical race theory, uh, teaching kids that you're, you're either a, a oppressed or you're an oppressor. That is one of the things that has taken hold around the country. And, you know, it's not in every school, and, and I don't know if it's an issue in every school district around here or not, but it certainly is on a statewide and a national basis. And it's oppressed oppressors, but then it's also, it seems as though there's a, a real focus on identifying your allies. And that always concerns me because if you identify someone as an ally and you don't identify another person as an ally. Well, what is the opposite of being an ally? Oh, that may be an enemy or a, you know, somewhere of someone that you're an opponent. And that type of mentality to me seems where we start sowing the seeds for the divisions that we see later on in life of, as some of these students now are growing up and, you know, moving out into, into the workplace. Yeah. And so, you know, what I, what I truly wish to see in, in Belton is that we continue to teach history, right? Uh, we do continue to teach slavery, but we don't want to, we don't want to teach that one person is better or worse just because of the makeup of their skin or the makeup of their color or the way, the way they came up or anything like that. We've got to get away from doing any of that. Do I believe some of that stuff is being taught in Belton? Sure. Do I believe it is, is as, um, as widely speculated as, as sometimes the media and, and people make it out to be? I don't believe it's that bad in Belton, but I do believe we have a tendencies, have few tendencies in our schools to get, uh, to, to move into some of those directions, and we've got to stop those uh, before they take off. Okay, I, I'm so sorry that Luann forgot to do this too, and I forgot to do it. Uh, what, sir, are your pronouns? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dad and a father. Uh, so yeah, so and don't mess with you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but seriously, yeah. this whole pronoun thing yeah. has become an issue. Yes. And if if a, a student is obviously a girl, why are or a boy? Why are we worried about? declaring pronouns do you think that belton is a is a baby school district baby instead of baby because they're using the pronoun they and uh, that's become a big thing in, in some of the countries too that particular term um are are we that far to the left in belton or do you think that the kids in belton walk around with pins with their pronouns 
as they do in Austin schools. Yeah, so I don't I don't see it as I don't see it as bad as as what you would see in, in an Austin. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. In school, But I do see uh, uh, teachers and, and, and stuff like that uh, that I hear about from other parents in the, in the district that are seeing uh, the pronoun issues coming up. Uh, and for me, you know, if you're like you said, if you're a male, you're a male. If you're a female, you're a female. Right. Um, and so that's my true, honest beliefs. Um, and, and, you know, if we if we start mandating that we are telling our kids that they have to choose a pronoun when they walk into our schools, we, we, that's that's nonsense. We, we don't need that. Well, one of the things that I think in my mind that is becoming important for school board candidates or school board elected officials is to have a degree of to help educate parents because I don't know if all parents understand how curriculum and how different ideas and practices come to school districts. Now, on this podcast, Lynn and I and our history which is several decades of talking about education industries. One of our favorite foils, although it could not be more well-deserved, is the Texas Association of School Boards. And I don't know if all parents understand the existence of organizations like Texas Association of School Boards, Texas Association of School Administrators, and understand that a lot of this stuff comes through those organizations. And those are organizations that parents are funding via their taxes to school districts, and then school districts are using tax dollars in order to fund their membership. And that a lot of the content and the direction that comes from these organizations is not friendly toward taxpayer or parental interests or student interests. And so anyway, that's one of the things that I think is is very important as, you know, for a responsible school board member is to be able to help help educate people that these things come. And in the case of a Belton, what I think is especially illustrative is that we can go and watch, you know, if you watch kind of a, a lot of statewide media, you see that, oh, up in the Dallas area, you've got issues like this going on in Frisco and in South Lake and in the Plano ISD and all of these larger school districts. We've got it going on in Austin. Harris County has districts that have these problems. Belton is not a large metropolitan area. And I think it's so important to help educate parents and that you don't want to make this a, you know, going and hunting for trouble. But at the same time, you also want to educate parents to not be complacent and think, oh, I live in a smaller conservative area. This isn't going to be a problem because back to the uh, my original point, 
TASB, TASA, these professional organizations, they're feeding every one of the thousand 60 or whatever it is, school districts in the state of Texas, they're all feeding them this same line of advocacy. Some may be taking it more than others, but here in Belton, we are not immune. In Temple, we are not immune. And that's something that I hope that we start seeing school board members get a little bit more aware of. Let me let me frame what you just said in the form of a question for Jason. And that is, you may or may not know this, but if you get elected, they will send you to Austin to TASB to be indoctrinated. And are you're going to have to be up for that. So are, are you ready to face the left-wing challenges that will be thrown at you because they're coming? They call it training, but... <laughs> Yeah, so there, there's a lot of discussion right now going on uh, around the state, right? And we've seen it with lots of other uh, uh, independent school districts that are moving away from TASB, right? I don't know enough about the inner workings and, and other opportunities that are out there besides TASB. Um, and so for me to speak very intelligently about TASB and, and the the other opportunities, I would I would really want some more research on it. But I do see... Uh, that there are some opportunities uh, that, um, that that I read, and I don't know firsthand on the on the on the stuff as well as you know I just said. But uh, there are opportunities for some um, very liberal policies to sneak in through uh, an organization like mm-hmm. a TASB. I'm not saying TASB's bad or TASB's good. I don't know enough about it, but I would like to see uh, maybe an, an some alternatives be put in front of us so we could vote on it as a board. Uh, when we talk about growth, and, and Belton's not uh, not an Austin or a Dallas yet, but it's a fast growth school district. We are, very, district. We are a Absolutely. very very fast growth school district. You know, we've got you know fourteen thousand students in our district right now. Uh, so we have to make sure that transparency, whatever it is, whether it's about curriculum or our lunch cafeterias or whatever it is, we have to make sure that our transparency back to our parents stays the main focus of the board and the administration. Well, and in the idea that in 2020 that COVID may have provided a silver lining to parents with giving them the opportunity to see the curriculum that was what their kids were being exposed to. I would also say that uh, nearly two years ago now, when the National School Board Association petitioned the Justice Department to go after parents who would show up at school board meetings, having criticism or questioning the 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 conduct of school districts that that too was something that shone in a very important light on organizations like TASB the Texas Association of School Boards to show that perhaps this group isn't really the benign innocuous helpful um you know umbrella organization that school districts paid attention to. And to that point, there are rumblings within different policy groups that because TASB is considered to be or these type of organizations, because every state has one, because they are considered to be, uh, to yes, and to be advocating for, for uh, you know, troublesome policies, mm-hmm. that there probably will be the development of programs offered by maybe Heritage Foundation or here in Texas, Texas Public Policy Foundation, there is, it's in the works for there to be alternatives to provide training to school board members that 
is something other than the indoctrination yeah. which you get from TASB. Let me ask you this. If you, do, if you do get elected and you do go through TASB training, one thing that I'm certain that they will train you to do is to always vote in accordance with the superintendent. 100% of the time, they do not ever want anything to have a split vote. They want them to all be unanimous, and that they will couch this as supporting your school superintendent. Um, My thought is that school board members are beholden to their constituents and not to the superintendent. What are your thoughts? So you're you're 100 accurate, right? We the school uh, the school district runs should run from the top down, and the top when I'm saying the top down, it starts with the parents, right? Parents are at the top of the top of the tree, and then it goes to the school board, and then the superintendent. And so when you talk about everything being a 7-0 vote and TASB wanting every school district to be a 7-0 vote, um, we have to ensure that if, if for myself, if I see a spade, I call a spade a spade. Whether I'm in public or I'm in private, we have to make sure that if it's a spade, it's a spade. We've got to we've got to get back to that point. And it's okay to have a debate. It's okay to have a public debate if you disagree with somebody, and that's okay. And we have to get back to being able to have those civil debates in public or behind closed doors. We have to be able to do that. And so, you know, talking about you know seven zero votes, yeah, it's okay to not have a seven zero vote. Everything is right now is a seven zero vote, and it's okay to not have a 7-0 vote. Okay, well, um, there's something that you will be pressured to vote for every single time. And it's a very specific thing. It's the biggest thing that we can talk about. It's what the superintendents or their past success is based on, and that's called passing bond issues. Uh, Luann and I have done a number of... of, uh, We've done a number of podcasts on the idea of bond issues, and our view is that they're not bad, but that they need to do a couple of things. Number one, not tell us the face value of it. Tell us how much it's going to cost, including the interest, uh, so that we know actually what we're voting for. And our thought is pass a bond issue when it's needed and when there is no debt in the district. But if you've still got debt from prior bond issues, it's best to pay that off first and not get the munis- the, the, uh, the uh, uh, education, shall we say, debt bubble so high that if something goes bad, you can't, uh, you can't pay the bills and, and you have to raise taxes you know, in, in accordance with that. So what are your thoughts about that? I mean, do you, do you think every time the school district decides to have a bond issue that that we should look at the facts behind it before we pull the trigger on that. Yeah, so you you, you said the first thing 100% accurate. You know, bonds are not a bad thing, but, you know, being a, in, in the banking and finance world, that's what I do every single day. I look at numbers. Um, and so, you know, also being a, being a taxpayer in the district, you know, I, I see my taxes, how much I pay to the school districts. And so we have to ensure that when we do have to pass a bond, that it is a fiscally responsible bond, that the community knows what they're going to get for that bond and how much it's going to cost. 100% accurate. We have to get back to knowing exactly what we vote, what we vote for. And, and I'll be the first one to vote or, or to tell you that, uh, you know, we cannot have, you know, 6,000 kids in a high school. And so we've got to figure out 
we, if we're going to build a high school, we've got to figure out how to do that fiscally responsible so that we're not uh, uh, packing kids into a, into a place. Well, now, I don't know about that uh, not having 6,000 kids in a high school. You could get some Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. State championship football rings out of that, but but let not me, like that would ever be a priority. No, 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 no not not in a say a Plano or a or a, a Dessa Permian or Converse Judson. They never think of that or Allen or any of those. Um, we do need a twenty thousand dollar bowl shaped stadium. I would think at some point, but uh, uh, maybe after a few more high schools. All right, uh, so I have heard rumors that the city of Belton or the Belton School District, which is different from the city of Belton, as we all know, is already thinking there's another high school on the horizon. So where do you stand on that? So there, there is uh, currently property for another high school. Uh, when they bought that property, they were thinking it was probably going to be 10 to 15 years down the road. Uh, there will be a, third, uh, a fourth high school. We already have three. Uh, we have Belton, Lake Belton, New Tech, and there will be a fourth high school at some point. Uh, and so, um, if that's your question, yes, there will be a uh, there will be a fourth high school. Um, how do we pay for that high school? Is the is the debate that we have to have uh, whether we it's a bond issue or if it's a uh, you know we figure out how to be a little tighten our budget up a little bit more to make sure it's not as big of a burden on taxpayers. But there will be a need at some point for a, another high school in Belton. Of those three high schools that are already there, is one of those like what used to be Wasco or yes. whatever? And and what it's exactly? And what exactly is that's is that the same type curriculum as the other two, or is it more geared toward technical, vocational? Does it have a, a, a different bent to it? Yeah, so, so New Tech is um, what Belton uh, considers their, um, it's, not a, it's not a group project type high school, but it's, it's a different alternative. Uh, they still learn the same curriculum that, that all the schools do, but some of their extracurricular activities and stuff like that, they don't, they don't have. Their learning environments are set a little bit different. Okay. So. Okay, and about how many kids are, are there approximately yeah appro- approximately I th- and, and don't hold me to this number yeah. but i think it's somewhere around six seven hundred okay maybe. okay yeah. yeah yeah where where belton high school is is north of, of 2000 right and and lake belton is north of 2000 and both of those schools 
were designed to hold about 2,400 students apiece. And so a, a fourth school would be comparable to one of those? It'll be comparable most likely to one of the uh, Be- uh, Belton or Lake Belton. And those could be those could be uh, considered, you know, when we when the time comes and um, we have to discuss that those, that could be considered, you know, uh, size-wise and, and how we want to do that. And, you know, I've got different ideas on how we, we could do that a little different, but, you know, that's that's further down the road, so... Lou Ann mentioned earlier that I do a morning Monday through Friday radio show in Austin on, on Talk 1370, and that's true. One of the things that we're seeing in Austin is, uh, in addition to a conservator coming in from the state to try to fix the uh, special education that has uh, gone awry there, and and some people think that the state ought to take over the Austin district because it's very trouble. They keep having bond issue after bond issue after bond issue, and when they have them, they're a billion dollars. They're not. They're not several hundred million like we have here, and yet people are fleeing the Austin ISD in droves. And coming to Belton. And coming to Belton, <laughs> and coming to Temple, and and coming to Gerald, and going to San Marcos, and wherever else they can get out of that school district. One of the things they do every year is Pride Week, and uh, Pride Week includes a different thing every day. One day is get your pronoun button day and wear it for the rest of the week, and uh, then they have their Pride Parade. They have their uh, uh, their drag queens come in do the drag queen show. And uh, it's a celebration for an entire week of all things gay. Uh, I don't have any problem with with gay people, but I do have a little bit of a problem with that in public schools. And I wonder if you think that could come to Belton. So if, if, you know, what I will say on on that issue is, again, the LGBTQ community has my full support, right? But... When we talk about our kids and our school districts and our communities, I don't. I will hold personally. You know, my personal uh, promise is that I will do everything I can to keep that kind of stuff from uh, becoming a. Uh, and I, I'll use your term, Austin, you know, uh, becoming a circus, right? Because we're here to educate our kids on reading, writing, making sure that uh, when they graduate, they are ready for a career and a life. Belton has also had a recent problem with a student being murdered in one of the schools. Uh, I, this could be a one-off. A one-off. Uh, it may never happen again. But then again, we also have school shootings that are fairly prevalent. And I wonder what your thoughts are on keeping the children in schools safe. Safe, and also I think kind of a how maybe you would grade the Belton ISD in terms of transparency. This is one issue. The safety issue is certainly have they been forthcoming as they should be with parents? And um, then also just answer that, but then we can kind of get into just other transparency with regard to the district and other issues of controversy. Yeah. So unfortunately last year, you know, my, my kids were in the school, right? And when this happened. Uh, and that was a very, very unfortunate uh, situation that happened, right? A kid was killed on campus. Uh, and so safety, when I, when I asked my daughter when she goes to school, do you feel safe at school? And when she says yes, I take a little bit of pride in that because I do feel that Belton does put safety um, ahead of everything else. Now, we, we see on the news weekly almost, and I, and I hate saying that, but we see on the news a different school shooting or, 
you know, something along those lines. And, and you know, knock on wood and, and everything, that has not happened in Belton. And, and I believe it's because we do take safety and the safety of our kids uh, extremely, uh, it's important, right? Could we improve on that? 100%. Absolutely, we can improve. Uh, do I personally uh, think that we could increase uh, some of our armed, uh, not armed teachers, because I'm not for arming our teachers. They already have a hard enough job anyway. But do I think we could probably uh, increase the armed guards at some of our campuses? Yes. Uh, do I believe that there's uh, some different safety measures that we can take? Yes. Do I believe that all kids uh, should be able to walk through one door uh, to coming into campus? Yes. I mean, there's some different safety issues that we could that we could uh, take steps to even improve a little bit. You know, we have a great relationship with our Belton and our Temple Police Departments. Uh, they're on our campuses all the time. But there are opportunities for improvement. And the very first thing that we have to do is if our kids do not feel safe at school, we've lost. Right. And so we have to ensure that that's our number one priority. And... In terms of transparency with regard to that, I heard a troubling story <clears throat> earlier this week that I guess there had been some company that came in and was doing some type of audit or report on school safety within BISD. And somehow or another, the incident, the tragic incident involving that murder didn't manage to make it into this report. Um I always, when I hear things like that, I guess the question that always comes to my mind is: It sleazy or sloppy that that didn't get it get in there? I don't know the answer either. What are your feelings about is Belton ISD? Are they really working to be transparent with with the parents, or do you see opportunities as a you know potential school board member to improve that? So again, I'll, I'll mention transparency is it has to has to improve. Uh, we do a pretty good job of transparency, and I will say on that particular situation, um, the parents knew immediately uh, by word of uh, you know we we had the reminds and, and stuff that the communication that gets sent uh, to the parents. So as soon as that situation happened, every parent in the district knew what was going on. Now, as far as the report that uh, she's talking about, uh, what the report she's talking about. Uh, I don't know if it was sloppy or, or, or messy or, or whatever the term we want to use, but I think it was more of a technicality, right? Because the kid uh, in the report that they, that they technically have to send to uh, the state or, or whoever it is, because the, the, uh, the person had already been considered a graduate, that didn't have to be put on that report. Uh, now, that's a technicality. It should have still probably been on the report. But what I, what I was saying is every single parent in the district, as soon as that happened, knew that it happened that same within minutes of that incident happening. Every parent in the district knew that that and happened. And that is important. I would, I would just always kind of caution, though, that reports like that are helping to create a historical snapshot of what was going on within that school district. And if I were someone looking to move to Belton ISD and I were doing my homework... You would want to see that. And, and if I then found out later that, wait a minute, that report I had never mentioned that, that would not be, yeah. that would not be a welcomed revelation. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with you on that. Yeah. So... Well, there's controversy, of course, with regard to school libraries uh, about pornography 
And uh, I think that adults that want to consume pornography are adults. But when do you think these types of controversies should be referred to as book bans? And when do you think it should be referred to as adults being the adults in the room and making decisions for minors? I knew this question was going to come at, at some point. It's got to. Yeah. And so uh, thanks for asking it. Uh, You're welcome. Yes. Uh, so I am not a, a fan of book banning, right? Uh, because that term is, is way too is used way too loosely. But what I am 100% a fan of is getting pornography out of our schools. If the book has sexually explicit material, and we're talking about the act and describing the act in detail, why in the heck is that book still on our shelves for my daughter to check out or my son to check out? Somebody has to stand up and call, uh, I'll go back to that phrase I used earlier, call a spade a spade. That's a spade. Let's get the thing out of there and then worry about the repercussions if they happen down the road. Because I don't, I honestly don't think if we pull those types of books off of our shelf, there's not going to be one single repercussion of that. And I give a lot of credit to the parents in the Belton Independent School District who have made this an issue and called attention to it. And actually in support of that, we, we've had some podcasts where we've talked about it. And I wrote an article on a website, WB Daily, that Lynn and I have. And in that article, one of them, I was provided pictures of some posters that were featured at a Belton Independent School District meeting. Were you embarrassed to look at those pictures? I was embarrassed to look at them, and Lynn and I had a conversation about it, and I, though, very strongly advocated using those pictures as part of our article. But you would get banned. You would, you would, well, you would I had to be off. very care. I had to be very careful when I was putting the article on Facebook <laughs> yes. that it wasn't pulled up. But it was in our article if you went to the link. And I thought it important to do that, not because it was some gratuitous display of the content, but because I have seen other people with other perspectives on this try to make out like, oh, these people are ridiculous. All they're wanting to do is ban books. Oh, they're a bunch of Puritans. And oh, they're overreacting. And I thought it was important to include the pictures, you know, and there were three of them or so. And But at the same time, to include a representation, because I think the average person who might say, oh, well, are those people overreacting? You look at this and it's like, no, this is not overreacting. This is in this this is out of out of line. Yeah. And I thought it was important just to try and diffuse the article from the other side. Yeah, as a parent, I mean, I, I would, I, I can't even, I wouldn't even talk to my even my college kid about some of that kind of stuff. I, I'm, there's no way I could even uh, be not embarrassed to even or ashamed to even bring that kind of stuff to my to my oldest son. Uh, much less, you know, uh, uh, you know, when you're in ninth grade, you're 13, 14 years old. Well, I mean, who, what parent would want their kid exposed to that kind of stuff? So, sorry, I, I, that's yeah. a that's a big soapbox, and I'll pass the mic. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, no, I, I I can ask you. You ask what kind of person, Randy Weingarten. Uh, head of the National Teachers Union. The uh, ALA, the American <laughs> Librarian Association. The ACLU, the American Silly Liberals Union, uh, which is my name for them, uh, is in favor of that. 
most school boards are in favor of it, and most superintendents are in favor of it. So if you're not in favor of it and you're a thinking adult, you have to be an outlier here because it, it is the trend right now in, in whatever phase that America is in. Well, are the superintendents, are the school boards really that in favor of it? Or, you know, we always hear in schools about how bullying is a problem, peer pressure is a problem. Well, you know something? I think we see a lot of bullying and peer pressure at those school board meetings as well and within those school administrations. So I honestly, uh, uh, I do not believe that those uh, administrators, superintendents, I've had uh, many conversations with our superintendent and many conversations with our school board members that they are not in favor of those books staying on our shelves. The problem that we have is that we don't have somebody standing up and and taking a stand to get those off of the shelf and worrying about what happens later. They're worrying about what happens later before they take them off the shelf. And I think we're doing that backwards. Well, a lot of your problem may be with young librarians just coming out of out of college and this is what they're taught in college you know that uh, certain agendas have to be have to be passed through to the schools all right uh let's see what have we not asked about schools um are there any other particular opportunities that you see with belton isd in terms of things that you don't think are being addressed now but are some perhaps missed opportunities that you would like to you know, and being on the board that you would like to be able to, to work on projects within the district. Yeah. And, and even involving curriculum, which yeah, is absolutely. what I had intended yeah, to ask you right. about. Do you think the curriculum is, is, is on target uh, right now? So I'll, I'll bring up uh, when, when we kind of talk about curriculum a little bit, it, it always leads me back to, uh, you know, grades, right? Um, you know, I have, I've got three three kids, as as you guys all know, and and all three of them are on different levels of their you know IQ and and education. Uh, my middle son, who's a junior right now, uh, is in the top three. He bounces between the top two and top three percent of his class. Uh, but when we look at the uh, the the test scores that he has, I think we're lowering the bar, right? I think we are lowering the bar on what we expect because at a, you know, for him, you know, he just took his SAT, you know, and, and he's in the top two or 3% of his class, but he's only in the top, you know, the, he's in the 90th percentile in, you know, his SAT score. Right. And so there's, there's a miss there between two and 3% of the whole class of 570 kids or however many it is now to being only in the top 10% of a, of a test score. So we've got to figure out where that, that gap is. Is it in curriculum? I don't know. I'd love to be a part of that discussion uh, to figure out if that's where it is. Uh, if, it, if, it's, uh, if it's there, you know, we need to look at uh, changing. But if it's not there and if it's in you know, the way we are uh, maybe lowering the bar uh, for our top, uh, top students, we need to make sure we're not doing that. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of opportunities for that. And I, and I really feel like our education um, and the education of our kids, uh, we, we, we cannot lower the bar for those top students. And speaking of students, your top students, but also your students that may be struggling right now in our Texas legislature, one of the big, big issues is school choice. 
Uh, certainly from a public school standpoint that um, there are people that are very much opposed to that. You find certain school boards who are also opposed to that. What are your thoughts about school choice? So the one good thing about school choice is as a uh, trustee, we don't have to vote on a school choice uh, bill. Um, now, if you want to know my personal opinion, I don't think that the bill that is, is before the House right now uh, is as strong as it could be for me to get behind a school choice uh, voucher program. Um, because I, I don't think that, uh, I, I think it can be improved if they want to pass a a true school choice where it makes everything equal between public education and private education. And so, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 that's all right. I was just going to say the the school choice bill is actually the improve the public schools bill. Because until we have school choice, the public schools don't have to get better. And if, if, if we want to make our public schools better and close that gap you just talked about, we need school choice and we need it yesterday. Because when you don't have any competition... And you have the ability to legislatively tamp down your competition. You're not going to have any incentive to ever get better. So uh, I don't know whether that bill is the right bill or not, but we need a school choice bill. And if we don't get it pretty soon, we're going to graduate an entire generation of people who have a subpar education. And I always like noting the irony that for schools loving their kids, their students to compete in everything imaginable, every band, every choir, every orchestra, sports, academic, robotics, everything possible that they want them competing. When it comes to schools and teachers being put in a situation where they have to compete with their peers, oh no, that's not such a good idea. Yeah. And so, you know, and and again, I'm not for this bill at this time. So I want to make that 100% clear. But I will say that a, a school choice, uh, if it if it does come, it it cannot do anything except improve our public education. So if it does pass, great. If it doesn't pass, I'm going to do my best as a school board trustee to make sure that I am improving the school every single day. There you go. All right. Well, thank you very much and best of luck. Thank you. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Is there any kind of final words that you would like to share with folks? Uh, the only thing I would just like to share is, is you know, we, you know, the early, early voting is, is May 24th. Uh, and you have uh, the Pittenger Center there in, in Belton, uh, right there next to Waskow New Tech High School. Uh, that you can you can go and vote in, and then day of election you have two uh, locations you can vote, and that's at the Harris Center in Tarver Elementary. So uh, when you do go vote, you'll have the option to vote for two uh, to for to fill two spots, and I would just ask that uh, you see uh, my heart and my passion uh, for serving our kids and our schools, and vote for Jason Wolf. And that election day will be 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Saturday, May 6th. And so we certainly want to encourage people to exercise your right to vote. Meanwhile, I would like to thank Lynn for being here today, and I would have a special thanks to Jason. We appreciate your time and the opportunity to learn a little bit more about your thoughts for the future of Belton Independent School District. And with that, I will say this is Lou Ann Anderson. Courage is contagious. Please get out and help spread some around. We'll see you next time on Political Pursuits. 
Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN.